The wind had begun to blow before Blake Maslin left Needles on his way west toward Palos Verdes Enclave and home. City man that he was, Blake did not worry about the weather. His daughter Kira warned him that desert winds could blow cars off the road and that wind-driven sand could blast paint off cars. But he reassured her. He had gotten into the habit of reassuring her without really listening to her fears. There were so many of them. This time, however, Kira was right. She should have been. The desert had long been an interest of hers, and she knew it better than Blake did. This whole old-fashioned car trip had happened because she knew and loved the desert, and because she wanted to see her grandparents, Blake's parents, in Flagstaff, Arizona, one last time. She wanted to visit them in the flesh, not just see them on a phone screen. She wanted to be with them while she was still well enough to enjoy them. Twenty minutes out of Needles, the wind became a gale. There were heavy billowing clouds ahead, black and gray slashed by lightning. But there was no rain yet. Nothing to hold down the dust and sand. For a while, Blake tried to continue on. In the back seat, Kira slept, breathing deeply, almost snoring. It bothered him when he could no longer hear her over the buffeting of the wind. His firstborn daughter, Rain, sat beside him, smiling slightly, watching the storm. While he fought to control the car, she enjoyed herself. If Kira had too many fears, Rain had too few. She and Kira were fraternal twins, different in appearance and behavior. Somehow, Blake had slipped into the habit of thinking of the hardier, more impulsive Rain as his younger daughter. A gust of wind slammed into the car broadside, almost blowing it off the road. For several seconds, Blake could see nothing ahead except a wall of pale dust and sand. Frightened at last, he pulled off the road. His armored high-suspension Jeep Wagoneer was a hobby a carefully preserved relic of an earlier oil extravagant era. It had once run on 100% gasoline, though now it used ethanol. It was bigger and heavier than the few other cars on the road, and Blake was a good driver. But enough was enough, especially with the girls in the car. When he was safely stopped, he looked around, saw that other people were stopping too. On the other side of the highway, ghostly in the blowing dust and sand, were three large trucks, expensive private haulers, carrying God knew what. Anything from the household possessions of the wealthy, who could still afford the archaic luxury of moving across the country, to the necessities of the few remaining desert enclaves and roadside stations, to illegal drugs, weapons, and worse. Several yards ahead, there was a battered Chevrolet and a new little electric something or other. Far behind, he could see another private hauler parked at such a strange angle that he knew it had come off the highway barely under control. Only a few thrill-seekers in aging tour buses continued on. From out of the desert over a dirt road Blake had not previously noticed came another car, making its way toward the highway. Blake stared at it, wondering where it could have come from. 
This part of the highway was bordered on both sides by some of the bleakest desert Blake had ever seen. Worn volcanic hills and emptiness. Incongruously, the car was a beautiful old wine-red Mercedes. The last thing Blake would have expected to see coming out of the wilderness. It drove past him on the sand, traveling east, though the only lanes open to it carried westbound traffic. Blake wondered whether the driver would be foolish enough to try to cross the highway in the storm. He could see three people in the car as it passed, but could not tell whether they were men or women. He watched them disappear into the dust behind him, then forgot them as Kira moaned in her sleep. He looked at her, felt rather than saw that Rain also turned to look. Kira, thin and frail, slept on. 